What's up, everybody? We are back. We so are Bros back. Podcast is back. I'm Cassius. I'm LaRodney. And today we're going to discuss the voice. The voice. Who else is the voice in all of these decades that we've been living and more? Like, nobody else but Whitney Whitney Houston. Elizabeth Houston. A.K.A. Nippy. I mm-hmm. like a nippy. So, we're just going to start off talking about the childhood of Whitney Houston and how she became the voice. Go ahead, LaRodney, because you know the childhood. Go, go. So, Whitney Houston, Whitney Elizabeth Houston, um, was born August 9th, 1963, in Newark, New Jersey. Um, Her mother is Sissy Houston, and her father is John Houston. Um, Whenever Whitney was younger, she would always go to studio sessions with her mother. And her mother used to sing background for Elvis, um, Aretha Franklin, a lot of other people she used to go to these sessions with her and so she was exposed to music at a very very young age her cousin is also Dionne Warwick so she was around these people um a lot so she would go to these sessions she would sometimes sing background with her mother and then eventually she started going to clubs and singing in clubs with her mother and that's how she was discovered in the early 80s by Clive Davis who eventually signed her to a record deal and she released her first album in 1985. And what a lot of people don't know is that she was a model. Yeah. She was on the cover of Seventeen magazine. So mm-hmm. being a teenager on the cover of um, Seventeen magazine, she was just yeah. She so was actually gorgeous. the first black model mm-hmm. on the cover of Seventeen. And I remember her first performance. She was singing um, "Home," right? Mm-hmm. She was singing on the "Home" Merv show. on the Merv Griffin show. And nobody knew who she was, but after that day, they knew. They knew who we. They knew and they recognized it. And they was like, "What talent is this? Where did this come from?" But that was her stepping stone into the music industry by herself, not riding on anybody's coattails. But after that, she skyrocketed on up into Mm -hmm. superstar. Because when 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 Whitney came out, it's like people weren't really singing the way that she sang. You had Aretha who was singing, but. The things that Whitney would do with her voice and the places that she would go, nobody was doing that. And I think that that's why she was able to fill whatever void there was at that time because she was able to do what other people could not do, you know, and what people wanted to hear. She was what people wanted to hear. Yes, she was. And I'm still loving Whitney. I remember the first time, you know, you in high school and or middle school, and the first time I would hear her singing was on Windows Media Player where you can play all those music mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm just going to listen to Whitney Houston and see what it's like. And I listened to You Give Good Love and I fell in love. Like, I would listen to You Give Good Love every day. Yeah. I would listen to that song every day and I was like, watch the music video every day. I'm like, why I love her so much? I would never know. But that was my start of loving Whitney Houston. And of course, growing up, seeing her on The Preacher's Wife. Mm-hmm. That's how I first, my, my grandmother, she had like little cassettes and she had like a whole big little tub of them and that was one of the ones that I picked out because I, I saw the little cover of it and it's when she has like the little the white thing mm-hmm. r- wrapped around her and I saw it I thought she was so pretty and so I, I played it and that was the very first time that I heard Whitney was the Preacher's Wife soundtrack and ever since then I have been in love she's literally my favorite her, her and Mariah they're like neck and neck but she she's my favorite Yes, Whitney was really, truly one of my favorite when I was little. And um, let's just talk about the not-so-great moments. Well, I mean, 
You, you know, in life, we all go through things. <laughs> we do. I don't know how else to say it. Um, you know, and like, I mean, she was just, and it's crazy to say, because you would say she was, you know, hanging with the wrong people, but these were her brothers that got her on drugs. Yes, and a lot of people don't know that, like, we're talking about drugs right now because she started on drugs with her brother when they were, like, in... Yeah. When like they were young. Younger. So it's like, it's not because Before of Bobby Before she even Brown. became famous. It's not because of Bobby Brown. It's not because of nobody else. Whitney mm-hmm. started doing drugs with her brothers when yeah. they were younger. Like, early, right out of high school, basically. So it's like, no, mm-hmm. nobody knew that until the movie came out and highlighted that, like, everybody thought Bobby mm-hmm. Brown did it. No, it wasn't Bobby Brown. It her was brother said that, um, they did an interview with um, Oprah, mm-hmm. Sissy and her brother, and he said that he was the one that got her on it. And so she was functional for a while, and I just. The I think her world. getting with Bobby Brown just made it worse. I don't think that he necessarily had a hand in it, and I—I I mean, I think he—I think she probably had a hand in getting him further and further. I think they just were very passionate type type of people, and so they, you know, it was just a very horrible thing because it was—I mean, it was pretty, it was sad because they both just went down. Yes, and after all, she did or made all those hits and all mm-hmm. those songs we love today how will i know i will always love you you give good love mm-hmm. um this, of course the preacher's wife soundtrack and just if it, it seemed like she just gave up but she really mm-hmm. gave on the music industry after a while she wanted to stop yeah. but she couldn't stop because she was such in high demand and a lot of people think that she's the, the drugs was the reason why her voice was going to me i feel like she sung it out yeah, because her voice was changing so much. Sung it out, and during that period of time, she was not taking care of her voice, and she was smoking cigarettes, and it was, you know. And I remember when you told me that someone said that on an interview or something like they told her the doctor said you can go on voice rest, mm-hmm. but she didn't want to. She didn't want to. And at to. those moments, you will lose your voice, like Kelly Clarkson did, Julia Andrews did, like Fantasia did. If you not take care of your voice. And go on vocal rest. Even Erica Campbell from Mayor Mary, they everybody had to go on voice rest. So that's mm-hmm. what was their voice. Either lose your voice or go on voice rest. And yeah. that's the that's the key. But she didn't want to do that. I don't know why. But she did not want to do that. And it was just a lot of stuff kept adding up. She was losing friends. I mean Yeah. I and I think that her losing Robin is really what sent her over overboard. Yeah. Overboard. Because Robin was the one that I kind of look at Robin as Papa Pope. And how he used to tell Olivia all the time, if I take my hand off of you, then, you know, and then that's when her ass got kidnapped. Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of what happened with Whitney. Once Robin left her life, um, everything was able to come in and, you know, penetrate her mind. And, you know, she was a- she was able to be manipulated a lot easier, I think, without Robin. Because Robin was that strong force in her life. Yeah, Robin was her best friend and they could really talk. Of to yeah, her about stuff. Best friend. They was her best friend. We don't know what <laughs> they were. Best friend. Okay, it's a rumor. It's not a rumor. <laughs> it's confirmed. That Robin was um, Whitney Houston's lover. It is confirmed. Even Bobby Brown said that him and Robin used to be fighting over over Whitney. They used to have fist fights. They used to be fighting over her. Well, okay. Whitney Houston's lover name was Robin. Yes. And when Robin left. Everything went downhill. And if y'all have not watched Whitney Houston's documentary, Cannot Be Me, you need to watch it. Yeah. It's on Showtime, but it's on On Demand. You can watch it online. Just watch it, and you'll learn so much more. A little low budget, but... Showtime low budget? Yeah, the way that the camera looked. The way that the people was looking, the way they were sitting, the angles, and 
they had somebody that was sitting and you can only see them from here up and they had a whole lot of space up here it was yeah. <laughs> like somebody did it with their own video camera oh lord but I mean it is it's very informative and it's very sad it is very sad but that's all we're gonna spend on her drugs right now we're gonna go back to the happy moments of her mm-hmm. um Lorraine, what's some of her favorite acting moments of yours well a lot of people don't like her in The Bodyguard, but I loved her character in The Bodyguard. I think she was a very good... I, I think she did a very good job. My favorite acting moment is in Waiting to Exhale, though. I do think... Um, what was it about Waiting to Exhale? It's it, her honesty. Like, she she seemed like she had been acting just as long as the other people that were in the movie. Like, her calm demeanor, basically the whole time, up until she went off on oh boy but just how she was able to blend in with Angela Bassett and Loretta Devine who are like seasoned actresses she was able to blend in with them and you know hold her own basically I think that that's what I really enjoyed about her yeah she was really really good in um Wednesday Hell to me now the bodyguard she played a good character but that's one of my least favorite mm-hmm. movies of Whitney Houston's but I will always love her in Wet Next Hell and, of course, Preacher's Wife. I yeah. love The Preacher's Wife. It's just something about that movie. I just can't get over it. And it might be because she's singing in it the whole time. The whole time. But she was just so amazing. And we didn't always have to speak in the movies. It's like the facial expression mm-hmm. she would give would tell a story, too. And, like, the way she would look girl. at Okay, girl. 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 <laughs> when she said girl and when exhale, I was hollering. Because <laughs> we all know in certain movies and certain stuff, like, people try to act like they really know what they're doing in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And at this moment in When Exhale, if y'all don't, if you ever seen it, need to see it. Whitney Houston was, like, looking at the guy that she was having sex with, like, he really thought he was putting it down and she was like, girl, why is you growling at me? Yeah. And it was so funny. She said a line at the end. She's like, oh, now I'm going to keep in the damn <laughs> <laughs> And oh. before that, she was she was going out. She was like, uh, we we went out to lunch. I gave him money to put gas in his car and he didn't even give my change back. And then <laughs> used my toothbrush. And it was, <laughs> she was going off. And it seemed like to me, she just could not catch a break in that movie mm-hmm. with the dealing with man. She couldn't. She just couldn't. With her mama either. Oh, yes. Winnie Houston's mom in the movie was a miss. Yeah. She really want her to be with that married man. Because <laughs> she didn't want her to be alone like her. Your mom usually wants you to be with somebody that's not married. Yeah. No kids, you know, stuff like that. Or if they got kids, they're single. But she said he's a good man, Savannah, but he's just in a bad spot. How are you in a bad spot and when you, you married? married? <laughs> Is the marriage the bad spot? <laughs> and the fact that they put that, they put that in a movie, it's, it happens every day. Mm-hmm. Parents do that all the time. And I don't understand it. Yeah. But Whitney Houston really acted her butt off in that movie. She really did. She did. And she sung hits off that soundtrack. Why does it hurt so bad? Oh, that's my song. Uh, exhale. Shoop, mm-hmm. shoop. And count on me with CC Winans. It was just. You know, Whitney had a hand in picking every artist for that soundtrack. She hand chose like everybody on the album. Which I'm glad she did because that was a good album. Yeah. They should. I think her. Babyface just works well with anybody, I think. But I think Whitney needs to produce. I mean, she's 
you know, has passed on, so she's not able to produce nothing. But I think that it would have been nice to, for her to, you know, kind of keep keep doing the producer role. I think she really has an ear for that. I think she really has, you know, a talent in that. Because mm-hmm. if you were able to choose these artists on this album, and every artist complements each other, like is, well, although there is one person, Sonia Marie, I don't really know what she does on the, she's, um, I think she was like rapping spoken word. She has the, the the spoken word song on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, she the one that kind of was a little off, like not off, but she just didn't blend in with everybody else. But everybody else, you know, blended together. And I think that was one of the good things about that soundtrack was that it was able to bring together all these women who whose voices are very different. You know, everybody's voices are different. Whitney, Tony, um, TLC, SWV. You know, they're all different, but the album is just so cohesive. I think that was one of the good things about the album, is that it was able to come together. And I really was so happy. Speaking of a movie that I really haven't talked about, but Sparkle. I was so happy to see her back in the movie, Mm -hmm. and she had just did her last album, and that was her last movie before she passed on, and she was singing, but... At that time frame when she was doing her last tour and her last movie and her mm-hmm. last album, Whitney just seemed so different. Like she mm-hmm. just was always talking about God. She was always, you know. She, I mean, I, I feel, I feel like she knew her time was coming. It was coming, but that's kind of weird to say. Like I, I don't know how to explain it, but I think that she knew. And even my mama, whenever she saw Sparkle and Whitney was like, um, she went to go see. Um, sister in jail and on the phone she was like i'm tired and i think that my my mama took that as the real whitney saying i'm tired like it's time you know yeah and i really sometimes people think people just be saying stuff in movies and music but they really just saying Mm -hmm. stuff in real life like i'll never forget my mama told me like People know when they're about to go. It's just something different about them. They'll start getting their stuff in line and doing so different, especially when Whitney Houston gave Brandy that note. I want to know what is in that note. And everybody saw it on TV because Brandy, Brandy would not tell nobody what was on that note. But Whitney, they said Whitney was acting so strange that day. Mm-hmm. And then she came out dripping in wet when Monica and Clive Davis and Brandy was having an interview with, I don't know, ETV or somebody. Mm-hmm. And Whitney came out and hugged everybody, and it's like she was saying bye. And then it was right before um, Clive Davis pre Grammy party, mm-hmm. right pre show party, and she was she she was found in the hotel upstairs, upstairs as the party was going on downstairs. And I'll never forget where I was. I was in Baytown, and somebody said Whitney died. I said you playing? Because I know Whitney ain't dead. I knew she wasn't dead. And then we got back to my friend's house, and it was all over the news. Mm-hmm. And the Grammys is the next day. So I was like, who else is going to play or sing for her? Because you have to honor her now. Mm-hmm. And Ella Cool J was the host. So the whole beginning of the show was changed. And it was like, who else was going to sing for her Yeah. at that time period? Nobody else but Jennifer Hudson. And that was hard on her because her and Whitney were close. And that was, they were just hanging out together. Yeah. Like, everybody was just hanging out with her. And it's just like, that hurts. And I'll never forget when the... um the creative director told her, do not sing it like you're trying to show off. Mm-hmm. Sing it the way you want to sing it to her. 
if you're going to cry, cry. If you're going to be emotional, be emotional. Make it real. Yeah. Because people know when you're trying to show off and when you're not. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people influenced by her and they sing or try to sing just like her, her songs and they fail. Miserably. Jordan Sparks failed. She was just a little bit too soft. Like she didn't have no power in what she was singing. Christina Aguilera failed. She had too much power in what she was singing. I didn't she, know what she was doing. Oh, that was a mess. And even back in the day, people invoke Kenny Lattimore, Brother Isley. I don't know why they put tributes together and don't pick the right people to sing. Like I don't understand. It's like that. they just go through like a random book of people and just me. Uh, we haven't seen them in a while. Let's put them in his tribute. Like, still to this day. Still to this day. <laughs> that's how they be. Some of the best people that performed and sung her songs were Jennifer Hudson, mm-hmm. Celine Dion, mm-hmm. Kim Burrell, mm-hmm. and CeCe Winans. Everybody else needs to stop. Yeah. Let it go. I don't want to hear nobody else That sing. girl, Glennis. Oh, yes. She sung good. Glennis too. sings good. That And this uh, little Filipino girl, Sharice. Oh, yes. She sings her good, too. Oh, Amber Riley. I forgot. Amber Riley. Oh, Amber Riley. Yes, Riley Amber Riley, too, too, off Glee. And that Glee episode was just so heart wrenching and so. We were so sad. sad. I, I watched that episode like several times. I recorded it and kept watching it, you know, throughout the week. Like it was. It was, it was just it was so sad. sad. I remember when I first found out that she had passed, um, me and my best friend, Nitrice, we were in Old Main. And then we. She lived right by Old Main at Sam Houston. And we went to her dorm and we were in there and one of my friends had texted me and was like, Whitney Houston died. I said, I know you playing. I said, I'm not going to believe this because y'all playing. Because, you know, the internet kills off celebrities every day. So I was like, maybe this is just one of them, you know, false deaths or whatever. And so somebody else sent it to me and then somebody else, like I kept getting all of these messages and people were sending their condolences to me. And I was like, this is not real. I know if I go on C- if I go to CNN I, and it's on there, then it's real. Went to CNN, sure enough. I started crying. It was, yeah, it it, it, it was really emotional because Whitney always reminded me of my grandmother. And I had lost my grandmother a um, couple months before that. And so then I lost Whitney. It, it, it was really emotional for me. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I was just so... I was calling everybody like, Mom, Whitney Houston. Because my mom always loved Whitney. And she said she never stopped praying for her. She loved her today. Mm-hmm. And she said nobody's voice is like her. And there's no one's voice like her. No one compels no one. a stage. No one presents in a gown. Yeah. No one does anything as great as Whitney. And it's just so mm-hmm. amazing how she was just so captivating. And... <sighs> Now we're going to get into the point where Whitney Houston was somebody you was not supposed to play with. Because a lot of people do not know. Whitney <laughs> Houston did not play with She people. did not play. She was not here for it. She was going to speak her mind and say what she exactly how she felt. Mm-hmm. And even in interviews, she was just so, you could say mean. She was a little, I mean, she she wouldn't be mean But she'd be stern. Yeah, because they wouldn't would, listen. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. Like when somebody said, somebody said in an interview, does that mean you do it all the time or something? She said sometimes, and he asked her again. And you know, celebrities be tired, so she was like, whatever. And she said, no, not all the time. Sometimes, sometimes. that means sometimes. <laughs> and that's like, as a journalist, I was getting mad because you just, 
don't listen and yeah. you're being belittled. You're not listening and, to and the questions that you're asking. You. And then somebody asked her and Bobby Brown another interview. What is the thing you would like to change about Black History Month? They said we need a longer month. Like it was just so funny, and you can tell <laughs> it was smile. a little out. And that her smile was so fake. It was just so funny, and everybody know one of the biggest mouths in radio and television, Wendy Williams. Baby, if you haven't listened to it yet, you need to go listen to Whitney Houston yes. and Wendy Williams. And all you you don't even need to search that that far. All you gotta do is type in Whitney, Whitney and Wendy Williams, and It'll all come up. And Whitney Houston. She went off. Off on her. And told her, you need to worry about your own business. Don't worry about going to my house. Don't worry about none of that stuff. Don't. And you can tell Whitney was a little amped. <laughs> and I'm going to just say amped. Yes. But Wendy Williams was always in someone's business back then. And everybody didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And. Because she always had something to say about somebody. But then whenever they, you know, confronted her about it, then it, it you know, Wendy would try to make it different. Than what than what she said, and Whitney wanted to check her on that. Like, you, I mean, you see and talk. You you talk about me every goddamn day, every day. But then when Whitney Houston died, Wendy Williams want to make it about her yeah. and say, "I really thought she was gonna get off the stuff like I did, and we will be older and just." But when Whitney on it. when Whitney had did the interview with Oprah, Wendy was saying how she didn't even believe her. She she didn't believe nothing she was saying. You know, because Whitney was saying that she was clean. But Wendy was like, I don't believe her. And, you know, it was, she was really bad-mouthing her. Yeah, and talking bad about her. But I believe, my honest opinion, after all is said and done, Whitney Houston's last album was like a completion to me. Mm-hmm. Like, the way she was singing songs, she wanted to bring love songs back. And then she would, the way she would phrase certain songs, except a song for you remake. I don't like that one. I don't like that one either. But I don't like that But the rest fast. of it, I, I looked like to that. you, and I didn't know my own strength. It was basically saying, like, I overcame all this stuff. I'm not perfect, yeah. but I'm, I'm good. And around that time, everybody was starting to honor her. And y'all know what we said on the last podcast. When everybody started honoring you like that mm-hmm. and giving you accolades and stuff, ugh, it might be it's, on it's, your way. It's typically, it's, it's, it's about that time. But I think now, I think they're starting to do it a lot earlier in people's careers so that they don't have to wait that long and so that, you know, they don't pass away and then they get honored after that exactly because I mean we lost Prince and we lost Luther before all of them got honored so Mm -hmm. it's like you need to honor people while they're here give them their flowers or they can smell them yeah because people people been dying living right this last year Mm -hmm. 2018 just started and people are leaving this earth but we're going to end this podcast on a wonderful note LaRonda has a game for me and I'm not reading (laughs) okay so, this game is, let's see if Cassius can name all 11. 11? Yes, she has 11 number one hits. Oh, Lord. Let's see if Cassius can name all of them. You don't have to name them in order, even though that would be great. <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't have to name them in order, but let's just see if you can. And do you need a second? I'm just going to just go for it. All right. And go. Okay. So, you get good love? Okay, that's not one. The greatest love of all? Mm-hmm. Um, one moment of time? No. How will I know? Yes. I want to have somebody? Mm-hmm. I look to you? No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know her number where he's. I, I know him, but I can't think of him. I love the Lord. Mm-mm. Um, I was saving on my love for you. Uh, okay. <laughs> my name is not Susan. No. <laughs> my love is your love. No. <laughs> oh goodness. I think I know all the black ones. I don't know all the hits. Um, child. I said about five, you know. Yeah, that's it. I know five. I know five. I'm gonna start from the beginning. Saving all my love for you. Uh How will I know? Greatest love of all. I want to dance with somebody. Didn't we almost have it all? So emotional. Where do broken hearts go? I'm your baby tonight. All the man I need. I will always love you. And exhale. Shoop shoop. Well, half of us on the first album. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she had seven. She had seven. Seven consecutive number one hits, which is still a record uh, to this day. And those were split up between her first two albums. Well, well, I'm going to forever miss Whitney Houston. Like, yeah. I think about her. I think I think about her like she's my mama, my grandmama. Yeah. Like, I think about Whitney all the time. My mama always tells me, um, Whitney must be your mama. She, <laughs> she called, and she used to call Bobby Christina my, uh, my sister. Because she felt like I always, uh, you know. Really, really loved Whitney. She knew that I loved Whitney. Yeah. And it was just her honoring her death last weekend. It was somber, but I mean, we all got to go sometimes, but it's just sad to lose certain legends that we get so close to. And I said, I don't want nobody else I know that I really love to pass because I yeah. lost Prince and Whitney. I mean, as legends, I only to lose Gladys, I only to lose Patty. Yeah. Oh, Aretha. But I don't. <laughs> I don't want to lose nobody else. Yeah. Babyface, nobody. Tony, nobody. So we just need to be good this year, Lord. Mm-hmm. But um, y'all let us know what y'all loved about Whitney, and we will talk about the next podcast. You don't know who we talk about next week, but it'll be another great artist that we all love and cherish. Yeah. But just like Whitney Houston said, I look to you, and Whitney looked to Jesus, and he took on home. Mm-hmm. We love you, Nippy. Mm-hmm. We love you, Whitney.